Right. <laughs> I think we're recording. Hello and welcome back to another episode right here into the clinic where conversations are on serious and personal and where your opinion is key. My name is Chris and I will be your therapist for today. Now, don't even think about it. What's 9 plus 10? <laughs> exactly. My people, listeners from Spotify and Anchor, as we are recording this, I am officially a vine reference i am officially a dead meme and most importantly i am officially still living with my parents <laughs> but let me tell you though what is a better way to celebrate your 21st than recording a new episode right here in the clinic with our very first international guest but before i actually do that um, let me hype it up a bit once more let me hype it up as we are closing the end of the season i'm happy to announce that the special giveaway is now open to enter Nothing big, just a 30 quidder to a lovely Amazon bidder. And it's just my way of saying thank you all for being with me in my own therapy room. Thank you all for clicking on an episode. You may have hated it. You might have loved it. I still love you, man. Or if you've clicked on every single one of them and hated it, it's still, I don't know why you're still listening, but I still love you as well. <laughs> Now, rules to enter are quite simple. Just follow me on Instagram at K-H-U-A-V-O and stand by for the post that will be the that will be on the release of this episode um yeah but nevertheless let's stay in the moment and let's bring in our only patient right here on the plinth today and just a side note this may be the healthiest intro i've ever done in my in the whole career of the clinic but whatever Moving west across the pond, our guest for this evening has earned the Big East Honor Roll selection during the 2019 season and was the two-time member of both the Big East All-Academic Team and the Athletic Director's Honor Roll for her time as the softball wildcat at Villanova. Coming in straight with hitting the home runs, our guest is also the host of the lovely podcast Talking in Zigzags. And as you know, the best things in life comes in threes, as she is also the mountain writer for a political comedy web series named The Hilltop Show. Please welcome another quintessential Leo Queen. First of her name, the master of structure in her life, reigning all the way from Ramsey, New Jersey. Welcome, Ryan Henry. Please tell us how you are feeling. <laughs> today birthday boy <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> um just quick question from that quite healthy intro uh we know that you've played softball for quite a long time and we've had people on here previously that mentioned how they've kept intact with their hobby or their certain sport i guess my question is what's kept you interested and motivated to play until now um, I am the type of person who loves adrenaline and it might be healthy. It might be not, but softball just gave me that rush. And I knew like kind of like a lot of people in America, like their careers end once they end high school before they go to college. And I wasn't ready to say goodbye for that to that yet. And like, I just got like this big, like big burst of energy every time I played and it's weird to think I only got like two more years playing it, but it's got me through a lot and I'm really grateful for that. Great. Um, speaking of keeping motivation though, actually, before we move on to that, uh, in terms of softball, what, what's one of the situations where softball helped you perform as your escape, you know, because I have this as my escape essentially, right? Like I go on here, record, talk about my day as my diary essentially um has how has softball been like that for you 
So for me, it's been like an ongoing battle because like softball is not a game where you control everything. Right. Softball is kind of like, like you pray to the softball gods before the game <laughs> that your bat's hot, that you actually are going to catch the ball today. Like the sun's not going to be, be like, it's a really hard game, yeah. especially at the college level. And um, there are some days I go to practice, like I'm totally like feeling myself. Like I run, like I run everything, like have it. And then there's some days where I literally like fucking suck. Yeah. Like I leave practice. I'm like, I'm quitting. Mm. But in a way, that's kind of like the big motivator that like, I can't, like, it's kind of like, I always thought like, I can control everything. I'm in control of everything that happens in my life. And softball, Lily bitch slapped me and was like, nope, <laughs> life is going to run you up and down, up and down, and up and down. You just got to go with it. And then yeah. it's a big life game. Speaking of keeping motivation, I, as some of you may know that are listening, I haven't been doing the clinic for a long time. But certain things have allowed me to continue, and here we are still filming this episode. I, <laughs> I just want to know your journey with your podcast, Talking in Zigzags, which I am a big fan of. What was your inspiration, and how do you feel about your platform so far? Um, so I've been like, I always wanted to run a podcast. Like, I'm really big into comedy. I'm big into content creation, and I've always had a lot of anxiety and I was too afraid to pull the trigger. What are people gonna think? What are people gonna say? Are they gonna find it funny? Like, da da da. And I go to therapy. Love my therapist. Shout out Jen. And she's like, you just have to pull the trigger. Like, what? Like, no one's gonna kill you if they hate your podcast. And if they do, that's not good. I'm like, you're not wrong there, Jen. <laughs> um, so I kind of like, been like trying to figure out like what I want to talk about like what is my podcast gonna be like who am I am I gonna make up this like character that I'm gonna play and like that's gonna be the host or like right. am, is am I gonna be the host mm -hmm. and I was talking to one of my trainers and he was like you know you like when you describe things you talk in zigzags right Whoa. and I'm like yeah and I was like I like that because I for the longest time I'm like oh like I'll call it like my dream is to host the late night talk show. That's the end goal. Mm -hmm. And the show, I have the name. It's going to be called Henry Hour. Wow. So I'm like, I can just start there and like call it Henry Hour. And then I'm like, wait, then every episode has to be an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> so I can't talk for that long. And sometimes what happens if I talk too long? So mm -hmm. as you can see, I talk in zigzags. Thus, that's where my podcast came from. And I do it alone. I edit it all my own. I record, I research, I do the marketing, I do the promos, I do everything on my own, which is very chaotic, mm -hmm. but I love it. I like being my own boss. Um, <laughs> and my, I think I'm doing well. Um, I've only been doing it for two months. Um, but the response I'm getting is like, really, like, I just got like, I never get recognized on campus. And like the other day, like some girl was like, "Oh, like you're Ryan Henry," and I'm like, "Yeah, like what, like what, why, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> like, do I need to go somewhere? Are you taking me? Like, did I, like, did I say something? Like, what did I do? Like, right, do do right. I am I getting contact traced right now? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and also, I'm getting noticed, and I'm wearing like a mask. Mask. Oh. I'm wearing a mask, okay. so like they know who I am. And I'm talking to this girl. She's like, no, like, I love your podcast. Like, I'm listening to your podcast. And mm -hmm. I literally cried. 
I cried in front of this girl. <laughs> just on the spot. Like, <laughs> you're an actor. <laughs> I literally, like, I literally just think it's, like, my roommates that listen to it. Like, I don't even, my parents don't even listen to it. It's just, like, my roommates. Right. Because right. my parents don't know how to work Spotify. <laughs> same. Same. <laughs> and, like, like, I feel, like, teared up because, like, that never has, like, I never, like, like, yes, I dream of blowing up. Don't we all? Mm. But then, like, Definitely. It, I was just, like, and then, like, when people like you guys, like, asked me to be interviewed, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was what was interesting to me. Like, I, you seemed very cool and calm uh, when I did ask you. Um, shout out to matchmaker.fm, by the way. Uh, for, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what matchmaker.fm is? I think it is the very early stage of, if, if, you, if you can think back to YouTube, like the YouTube community of what it was before with Ryan Higa, um, Smosh and all of that. That kind of reminds me of what it was. Like it's very friendly where you can find guests, where you can find shows as well. But yeah, my question was that, what was your response? Like what, what, like, what were you thinking of when this dude from Leeds, UK, yeah, do you want to hop on an interview? <laughs> when I saw him, I'm like, oh, they got the wrong guy. I got the wrong guy right here. No one wants Never, to talk to me. I'm like, I don't. A different Ryan Henry. Yeah, but I'm like, it's a basic name. It's a really basic name. I think my first impulse, I called my dad. I'm like, dad, someone wants to interview me from the UK. Wow. Like, like, why? Like, why? Like, so my dad, my, I talked to my mom, and she's like, why are you talking to strangers? Oh. I'm like, mom, my job is to talk to strangers. She's like, as long as you don't get murdered. I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna get murdered through a telephone screen. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it works like that. Yeah. But I was stoked. Like, I know for me, like, I'm always the one reaching out to people, especially like with podcasting. Like, I like, I also aim big with my podcast, and it's oh, not yeah. good because I have 130 followers on my Instagram, and I just DM'd Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> I want her on my podcast. Don't worry, we'll at her um, after this episode. I'm on we'll... I got a lot of questions for you, so come on, podcast. <laughs> a lot of us have dreams. A lot of them, maybe with people or places, or maybe a dream inside a dream. <laughs> you mentioned you dreamt of going viral and you're in that dream so my question is who are those people that you would want to feature in your dream blown up podcast slash in your henry hour <laughs> oh i i was just talking about this the other day um so number one monica Lewinsky. two um stanley tucci i am infatuated with him great I love him. I just want to talk to him. I think it'd be a good excuse for me for, to flirt with him. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fair enough. I, um, that's very acceptable. Like, right now, I'm, like, obviously, like, interviewing people I know. I want to, like, interview, like, I would love to interview some, like, known researchers in, like, psychology. I would love, oh, um, another long shot, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> love Bernie. I hope I'm, he figures out how to work Spotify soon so we can at him. <laughs> literally, I literally like tweet him probably once a week. <laughs> <laughs> was just like, at Bernie Sanders, thank you for your service. 
Thank you so much. Please, please, please stay alive for four more years. Please stay alive for four more years. <laughs> I also like John Stewart Great and guy. Stephen Colbert. Mm -hmm. Great those people. Like, I think those actually are my biggest comedic influences. All through high school, all through middle school, I would run home and watch The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Wow. Okay. And I think that's like what got me into comedy. They were, in a way, they were playing themselves, but they were mm -hmm. also playing a character. And I really liked right. that. My one professor know, like, knew Stephen Colbert in college. Yeah, she's like, you do do the eyebrow thing sometimes. Like, that one. <laughs> right. like, oh, no way. I <laughs> haven't been doing that since I was like eight. Oh, no. But that's like one, one of the things I want to do. Like, I see myself behind a desk. Now, if you are listening to this episode and you love everything that Ryan has to say so far, I do urge you to check out her own podcast, which is called Talking in Zigzags. And you can follow her on Instagram at talking.in.zig.zags. And that's on Twitter as well. So, yeah, go check her out. <laughs> what would be your advice for people that are new to like content creating? What is something that you would tell them that you wish someone would have told you when you started podcasting? someone's gonna care there are people into everything i know with me especially when i not even podcasting but when i started making videos like i just started making um i literally yesterday i just released i'm hosting my own political talk show and i was so nervous because at one point i play this character her name is sharice denise and i wasn't Rhymes. planning on playing her, but no one wanted to play her she is this long island like political astrologer like <laughs> love the character but i was so nervous to play her because my character in the show is like a stephen colbert type character and then you cut to a different screen and like my boobs are out and i'm like playing with playing cards and like smoking a cigar just and like anyone from long island <laughs> anyone from long island like that's how i roll that's how it does like you know but <laughs> I was so nervous. I was so nervous, like editing it. I got like, I was like, why am I doing this? No one's gonna like it. No one's gonna think it's funny. No one thinks right. it's gonna think I'm weird. And I was about to click delete on the entire video. And then I was like, no, someone's not gonna, it's weird, but someone's gonna love it. Mm -hmm. Someone's gonna like, someone you least expect is gonna appreciate your work. And it could be one, or it could be 1,000, or it could be 100,000. Or but maybe a dude there, from across the pond. <laughs> exactly. Someone's going to appreciate it. In the clinic, I don't know if you've heard any episodes, we like to play a game called Overrated or Underrated and Why. So since you are coming from New York, my first Overrated or Underrated and Why is the lovely lady in Congress, AOC. How do you feel about her? I love her. I love her. AOC 2024. I feel like, to get political, um, we need a woman. We do. With all, like, I don't know if you just saw, like, we just got probably um, the living spawn of Satan as our new Supreme Court justice. Oh, I did see. Yes. <laughs> I did um, see. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I cried. I did. Like I, like, I was confused at first, though, because I already thought he had the Supreme Court of Justice person. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Um, okay. God rest her soul. 
She was this woman who fought for women's rights, equality, reproductive rights, and also the LGBTQ plus community. Right when Donald Trump was um, inaugurated the trial for Brett Kavanaugh, I forget who he was replacing, but that went underway. And when he was replaced, he was also replacing, I believe, another Democratic judge. And a lot of people are saying that when you replace someone, you should kind of abide by like your last wishes. Like most judges will retire before they pass. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a different case. She tried to stay out, but she unfortunately Mm -hmm. lost her battle to cancer. And um, the thing that really bothered me with this, and I just get really frustrated because a lot of, I'm afraid that a lot of her work is going to be undone by this woman. It gets, like, I get, like, I just get really frustrated thinking about it because I have friends in the LGBTQ plus community. I am a woman who utilizes birth control that could be taken away from me. It just frustrates me because, like, this woman, she's a woman. She right. understands, like, the fear women face and the struggles we well, face. But you know She what? should understand, right? <laughs> yes, she should understand. But she's like, no. <laughs> like, nah, I'm nah. good. I use, and she's like, I got pregnant. Why can't you? (laughs) I'm fine. I just, I, I, that's why I honestly think we need a woman in office to, Mm -hmm. especially in the next, within the next decade Mm -hmm. to knock this girl out. So we kind of filmed this before we knew Bosman Biden was going to be elected. Um, So bear with us on this section. (laughs) Well, considering that it is soon election day, am I correct or am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, one week, one week from today. How do you feel about going into that? What are your What are your thoughts? Um, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. Um, I voted early, so my vote is counted for. There is a slight worry. This election is really big, not only just for political reasons but also like we're in the middle of a pandemic um it seems like we're in the middle of everything right now (laughs) yeah we're in the middle of a dumpster fire (laughs) (laughs) and everyone's just like ignoring it (laughs) literally but like there's so many issues going on right now like climate change women's rights the whole black lives matter movement literally everything like if there's a great beyond Mm -hmm. if there is one I picture him just like him or her or they just looking down and being like, yo, oh, she's doing it. <laughs> yo, like I'm done with your shit. Like I'm just done. Like, here you go. <laughs> I know like the last six months, especially like I was home for the pandemic. Political mindset has changed a lot. Um, just from being in college and like seeing different things. And also I got smarter. I'll be sure up. I was used to be very ignorant and talking politics with my family was very frustrating talking politics with my I will admit I did sever some ties with friends just wow. because they couldn't separate politics and morals because I feel like right now especially with this election like people are assuming everything is political right. but in some things some things are human rights and we shouldn't be it shouldn't be an issue definitely I, I don't want to say reasons, but because I've had to do the same, right? Yeah. Uh, Severed ties with several people, you know, not only because they weren't with me, with my belief. It, that's like the, 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 the least, the, the last reason why I'd cut ties with a friend. Like what you said, 
people would argue like human rights um so yeah. just kind of describe that for us like what was that like for you obviously like it's sad like one of those people was someone who like was very near and dear to my heart um but in the last year and a half they changed a lot right. i knew that there are th some things that i'm very passionate about but sometimes you walk into a room and you feel the energy shift right that's how i would describe it you are the, the force that changes the conversation and um with this friend i felt that when i left the room the topic changed to poking my stick right poking jabs at me poking jabs at my beliefs mm -hmm. and i'll be i'll be real like i'm very outspoken but i also understand that everyone is entitled to their own opinion I understand my views may be radicalized, their views may be radicalized, but some people don't listen and you can't change people's ears. Yeah. Definitely. And straight up, I listen to my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, I Jen. I wish I could give her the remote control to my life. <laughs> Just tell me what to do before I do it. Well, I guess that was my next one that I was gonna, trying to go into. Uh, I know we've mentioned it in my episode seven with Isa uh, about men going into therapy and how that's helpful for just the, the environment, man. We just clutter less. Uh, what do you feel about just going to therapy in general? Overrated or underrated and why? Oh, everyone should go to therapy. I feel like therapy in college should even be a class you have to take. Like, I feel like it should be required. I, I used to be very like, therapy's not for me. No, no, no. Like I've been going to therapy on and off for seven years. Right. And which is long, which I'm 21. So that's like, since I was, oh, I failed math, maybe 13 or 14. <laughs> but um, there'd be times where I'm like, this is not working. Like this is pointless. And then I go to therapy and then I'm like, wait, I'm an idiot <laughs> for not believing this. Um, I think therapy, honestly, we keep so much bundled up in here. And especially now in quarantine, we're constantly in this mindset. It's always like, if you're just stuck at home, who else do you got? Your cat? Your cat's not talking to you. You're talking to you. Yeah. Um, I love my therapist. I... Um, Last year, I was in probably the lowest rut of my entire life thus far. Um, and it took me a year and a half to get out of it. It wasn't an overnight six-week fix. I up and down, up and down, up and down, and now I'm here. I'm flat. And the thing with therapy, therapy is not like, oh, I'm depressed. Let me go to therapy and fix it, and then I'll be fine. I never have to go back again. The simplest minds go to therapy. Mm -hmm. The simplest minds need, sometimes you just need someone to either call you out on your shit or tell you or get you through the shit Definitely. that you don't even know is there. Right. Um, and it's also good. To, I, I kind of use it as like my mental training. Um, mm -hmm. So right now I've been telling, I'm at a high. My mental health has not been this great since probably ever. That's and good. Yeah, thank you. And, and I'm happy for you, man. Thank you. But I know it's not going to be like that forever. 
I, there's no world where I'm going to be this happy for the rest of my life. It's like driving a go-kart on a hill. If you don't have therapy, you don't have any resistance going down that hill. And it's a straight down, you hit the low. But therapy it adds a little more. It slows it down, and then you go right back up again. I love In my analogy. experience. Wow. I've never looked at it that way, but yeah. <laughs> this may be a hit or miss from the research team, but considering that you are in theater, um, how do you feel about Hamilton? Uh, overrated or underrated and why? I'm going to get hate for this. I f I'm pretty I sure you will. It. I do love <laughs> it, but it's overrated. <gasps> I know. I love it. But I just, you know what? I don't, like, I used to be, like, as, like, a theater major, I used to be into, like, the big shows and all this stuff. But now I love, especially with Zoom, because, like, Zoom theater is making, like, the small, big, the smaller productions work. Wait, what's what Zoom theater? Um, I, I've been working on it. It's, like, just, like, like, say, like, right now, like, right now we're on Zoom. We could do a scene right now. Right, right. It's very like that, and it's also like very interactive and like incorporating multimedia. And um, like this summer, I worked on a production that was based out of, in Singapore. I wouldn't have never wow. been able to done that if Zoom was never a thing. Mm -hmm. I also don't like. <laughs> I also don't like. It's just also the thing with like Broadway and like the capitalism. Like the tickets are like $8. Like, like I literally like got to fight with my arm. Like we get like, every day. And no, like, that's just so funny. <laughs> like the reason every why day, she thinks it's overrated because of the capitalism. Literally. <laughs> but like the tickets are like $800. Like the working class can't get that. It's only for the upper class. And then like. Why is it 800 <laughs> I don't know. Like what else do you get bought? Like I, it bothers me so much. I also like get into an argument like every this is a side this is a tangent um for the last weekend go off every time I every time my roommates complain about something I just blame it on capitalism <laughs> they're like you know my head hurts I'm like oh capitalism you know <laughs> oh, spending money I hate it <laughs> like, yeah, like, consumerism like, I hate it <laughs> Literally, like, if you just didn't buy that computer, you wouldn't have a headache. Or, like, if you just decided not to go to college, you wouldn't have a headache right now. And they're like, Ryan, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, socialism for the win. <laughs> um, and I think our final one, we do have the argument between North and South in the UK. I'm obviously from the North. What about the argument over West Coast versus East Coast? How do you feel about that? Overrated or underrated and why? Um, I am an East Coast person till I die. Yes. Uh, I will never move out West. <laughs> why is that? Is that just never. like a personal hatred? Or I, is that... I don't know if I could. I honestly don't know if I could like actually function out there. I feel like, like if I like I see myself living in New York. 100% in like the city. LA, I feel like I'd be overwhelmed all the time. Like, I don't know why. I just also, they, they like, everyone's skinny. What do, you feel is, what do you feel is the biggest difference between East Coast, people. well, New York and LA? The people and the food. <laughs> <laughs> the food. Two things I 
matter to me. <laughs> the food. Also, bagels. Bagels and pizza. Oh my god. I want, like, I don't think I could, like, live in LA because the pizza sucks. My entire, I'm also a really big family person. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think I could, like, live without my family. My one sister wants to move to West, but she never will. Um, <laughs> but, like, right. all of us want to live in New York City. What makes you fall in love with New York City? What is the thing about New York that makes you want to live there forever? Well, not forever, um, but, you know, how long, however long you want yeah. to live there for. <laughs> well, the answer is forever. <laughs> the answer is forever. Um, so my big thing is stories. I connect really well to stories. Um, my grandpa, who was my best friend, um, I have like a tattoo for him. Like when I lost him, it, like it still like affects me every day. Um, he was a diehard New York guy. Like I grew up every weekend going up, to, like going up to New York City. I have so many memories of New York City. All of my first were probably in the city. Like my first work was probably in New York. Like first, like memory like for like i remember like my grandpa lived on the 12th floor on cherry street right across from the seaport and i would beg my mom to let me live with my grandpa because i just loved it mm -hmm. and my parents met in new york city um i actually every year around christmas time me and my friend lucy go to the west village and that's where my dad lived when he met my mom and i take a wow. picture in front of that apartment and I promise myself every year that I'm going to buy it one day because it's my, like, I get mad at my dad all the time that he didn't keep it because it's my actual dream apartment. <laughs> it's like a walk up brownstone, but now it's like wow. $2 million because of like, well, actually now with COVID, it's probably cheaper, but, um, I wonder why he didn't actually keep it. <laughs> he wanted, well, they, they wanted a family. <laughs> okay. I have, a really, I have a really big family, so, like, we couldn't live in a, an apartment. It just wouldn't work. Right, right, right. But, um, I, like, I, like, get, like, I get, like, I literally could cry about thinking about it, like, about my family in New York City. Um, I know, like, during COVID, like, it was really hard for, like, my mom because, like, we couldn't go to New York City. Because, like, a lot of, like, a lot, like, when we go, like, like we sit down at dinner, like any restaurant and like the stories just start flowing. Like you either like you see someone like literally like for some reason, we always see someone in the street we know or know someone that we know and it just keeps on rolling. And then like every time I go, like there's a memory, like this past, um, past December, two days before New Year's Eve, I stayed in the city with one of my friends from college and one of my friends from home and it was the best time ever. And I have it. I haven't been to New York since. I haven't been. To, this is the longest time I haven't been to New York City because of COVID. Mm. Uh, how does that make you feel being away I, from New York for so long? Um, I miss it. Like when I go there, um, a lot of people say they get stressed out by going to New York City. I get really relaxed because. Um, I like talk about it like I just I I have really bad anxiety, but my anxiety comes from silence and doing nothing. When I go to New York, it's bustling, constantly, constantly it's moving, and right. it's like it's like now you now you belong, now you fit in. That's how I know I like am, I belong in New York. You did mention that the reason why you fell in love with New York City is because of stories. 
And one of the stories that obviously when me and when the research team and I were researching was your TED talk at Villanova that you did, which was living with chronic laughter. I just want to ask you what was going through your mind in preparation, you know, because I see people over here, right? See that TED talks are a big thing. Like when you do a TED talk, you've made it essentially um, to me anyway, to me. So what was going through your mind in preparation to tell your story? Um, so my dream, I always like, I love getting up on stage. I always have. And um, the whole TED writing, the TED talk process was a three week process. Um, I saw a sign in front of my theater class that's like, do you want to give a TED talk? And I, I thought to myself, <laughs> yes, I do want to give a TED talk. So I emailed the person, had a meeting with them. And I'm like, oh, like, is this like in a year or so? They're like, no, it's in three weeks. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't, I was like, what do you want me to write about? Like, I don't, like, I don't have a story. And then I was like, wait a minute, I do have a story, but it's my stand-up set. So, I am a writer. Um, I'm a writer before a performer. That's like, I think, I don't know. Um, depends on my mood. <laughs> depends on mood lies. But I took my stand-up set, which is about me getting diagnosed with type one diabetes in college, and then I was like. When I think about it, it's funny to me, but it's actually very like heartfelt. And a lot of the stuff that happened in those three weeks of me getting diagnosed and the three weeks of me writing, the TED Talk affected me later on in life. Um, like a lot of the stuff. So like when I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, that triggered the glow in my mental health. I battled anxiety, I battled body issues, I battled really bad depression, um, started going to therapy again, and then I looked back, because it's really, like, the, it was a really traumatic moment, um, it's, like, my therapist certifies it as, like, one of the big, like, one of the big traumas in my life, which is really nice to hear, um, <laughs> I can look back on it and laugh, and I just kind of, like, used like the funniest mo like one of the jokes that makes me laugh all the time is my my blood sugar was 420. <laughs> See, yeah funny. i actually i actually did funny. laugh at that part yeah i can't but, lie to you that was a good <laughs> but i like also like giving the ted talk i never thought people would laugh at me that much not laugh well people laugh at me because i'm a hot mess but like laugh with me laugh with you <laughs> like i got on stage the light i was one like nervous because i was like oh my like, i hated my outfit that day i looked like a box and but i get up on stage i can't see anyone and i was like oh this is clutch i can't see anyone but i started telling my story and when you get up on stage there for me i get the initial like nerves but the second i heard that first laugh it was all like it came off the tongue it literally felt like a drug and I don't do drugs. If I knew what drugs felt like, that was it. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Probably my peak. <laughs> yeah. So like my talk, um, it's called Living with Chronic Laughter. Um, so like when I got to college, I started feeling terrible. Um, I always like, I never felt good going into college. I always had, I always was sick. And then I started going to school and I dropped 40 pounds in four weeks. 
and I was peeing a lot, but then I was just like, I was like, I'm fine. And I was like, my whole thing is I use jokes to like distract people from my pain. Mm-hmm. And then it got That's really so bad. Deep. Yeah. That's like Rick my therapist says I'm healthy, but it's fine. <laughs> but I ended up getting diagnosed with type one diabetes and it triggered a low, but the way I got out of it was making diabetes jokes. No, my nickname is Diabeto. <laughs> my goodness. And who, who gave you that, by the way? I, I hope it was um, a friend, not just a random person. That... Um, I remember, I think it was, I was like texting my friend and I was like talking about my blood sugar being annoying one day. And I typed in like diabetes in the gift bar, like when you send text messages. And it was like that family guy meme. It's like, roll back to the kitchen, Diabito. And I fucking died. I was like, I am him. <laughs> but yeah, like I like call people, like I have fun with it now. Um, I embrace it. Like, yes, there's some days where I'm going to be straight up. Like, like I have burnout um, with diabetes. I don't want to deal with it. I ignore it, which is so unhealthy. My endocrinologist is going to kill me. But, like, jokes get me through it. Comedy distracts me. And when people laugh at my pain, it really helps. <laughs> it really does. When people laugh at my struggles, I find it, like, when people laugh at my dating life, like, it helps. It really does. Like, I, like, my therapist sometimes, um... I'll make jokes during my therapy session. She's like, Ryan, like, I love you. I think you're funny, but like, we actually have to talk right now. Like, you can't distract me. I'm like, Jen. (laughs) Why does my therapist say the same thing? Like, why does he always- Are we the same person? We are essentially the the same same person. person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as being a healthcare student, we we do i know this is this is just something that intrigues me like something that interests me because anything to do with health or uh pain <laughs> interests me when you first realized that you were diagnosed well when you were diagnosed how other than obviously mental health depression and anxiety um were there any other ways that it affected you like was there anything that diabetes stopped you from doing no I didn't let it. They were like, you should take a year off from softball to adjust. And I'm like, I literally cursed the doctor. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> wow. Right. I took, I. Cause I would like, say the same thing. I was like, you, you, you need to chill out for a second. Well, my parents, so like I got diagnosed and then fall break was next week. So I went home and I was talking to my parents. I'm like, I need to go to the gym. And they're like, why? Like Brian, what? And I'm like, I'm going to the gym. So I called up my trainer at home and I'm like, I need to come in. I was very weak. I was still probably in DKA or like weaning off DKA diabetic ketoacidosis where you're that for the viewers at home, that's when your blood basically turns acidic. But my trainer even said like, you should really consider redshirting. My hitting coach said I should consider redshirting, which is essentially taking Skipping a year the off. year, right? Yeah. And I have this big problem where I can't say no or I can't lose. I hate when people tell me no. I hate when people tell me I can't do things. I'm like a little stubborn five-year-old. Um, I'm very stubborn. I've learned that I used to never think I was stubborn. I'm so stubborn. I'm such a Leo. I'm so stubborn. <laughs> I'm, I, my coach, I came back to school. I went back to classes. I got all my work back. 
Um, my coach texted me the day before practice because we're off on Monday. So that Tuesday she texted me and she said, you don't have to come back to practice if you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And I literally was like, no, I'm coming. I put on my uniform. My uniform is really baggy. It still didn't fit. Because of all the weight you lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know if they were being easy on me during practice, but I hit a home run that day. That's crazy. Inspirational. <laughs> and then I went home and ate ice cream, so they can't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> that season that they told you to redshirt, um, was that the same season where you earned all those big East Honor Roll selections and Big East All-Academic Team and all yeah. of that awards? That's so crazy. And so I will be crazy. sure that, that was the worst season of my life. So when I came home that uh, year, um, I was really disappointed. Um, I remember like I was debating quitting because I was, I was like, I suck. And I go to my hitting coach back home and he just hugs me. And I'm like, why are you hugging? Like, he doesn't really hug me that much. He just hugs me like when I leave for college and he just goes, I'm really proud of you. And I'm like, why? He's <laughs> so, like, I was horrendous. And he's like, he's like, you don't understand. Like your body's still like not recovered. My body, I didn't know, was in DKA for like two years. I push off pain, mm-hmm. which works. Oh, like yeah. I can, like I've cheated death probably multiple times. Right. Wow. But it's not wow. good that I cheat death <laughs> multiple times before the age of 20. I'm like a cat with nine lives. Can't take me down. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I'm grateful. Um, it's been really... Like I've had like little girls like come up to me like in public, like I wear a thing on my arm, like yeah, my yeah. daddy. Yep. And like this one time, this little girl at like a softball tournament came up to me and she's like, you're a diabetic. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you play college softball? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, you can do it too. Like I, I, I feel weird when people like look up to me. Cause I, there are people I look up to every day and like being a role model for little kids with diabetes or like people in podcasting it's like it's weird but it's really cool that i think for me the responses that i get you know are the best feeling especially when it's people that that don't know you as much the people that are not as close to you you know the feedback that they give saying oh, i yeah. really enjoy your content um cuz you don't expect it and I think the things that you don't expect the most are the things that you cling on to. Full stop. Exactly. I agree with you completely. <laughs> Boom. What an episode. Thank you once again, everyone, for checking in with us this week. And if you did like what Ryan brought into the clinic, go check her out. Everything is linked in the description below of this episode. And one other thing that's linked in the description of this episode is the 30 quid Amazon competition giveaway or whatever you want to call it. Just follow me on my Instagram, at K-H-U-A-V-O for more details. But going back to Ryan, uh, how did you feel about your visit to the clinic today? (laughs) I had a great time. I loved it. Despite of all the Wi-Fi problems, despite of all the pausing and starting. um, It was a blast. I had a great time. Wow. I really appreciate it. Don't worry, Chris. (laughs) 
Once again, thank you all for being with me in this episode of The Clinic, where your conversations are on serious and personal and where your opinion is key. My name is Chris, and I will catch you next week for your appointment or whatever, uh, whatever the outro is soon. <laughs> you can say bye, by the way. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Thank <laughs> you.